Hello everyone. Alright, I've got loads of notes here, so I'm just going to arrange them all. Okay, you know we were singing and Matt brought a word about having a new song and um, you know in Revelation there is a new song that is sang to Jesus Um, and this is how that new song goes. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God and they shall reign on the earth. Wow, this is an amazing song uh, of praise to Jesus who is at the centre. And, um, you know, as we uh, think about the series that we're doing, which is Ephesians, we focus on the first chapter, which Steph has already done two um, sermons on. And what we have is, from the beginning, this outburst of praise to Jesus. And you see, what's happening in, which, which I'm going to read it all to you in a minute, the, the first section that we're focusing on at the moment for the next few preachers uh, as well, is that we've got um, salvation from God's point of view. Um, I don't know about you, but when I um, share my testimony with people, so even this week I was at a group with my children, and um, one of the dads came up to me and said, I heard you're a Christian and you're from Kurdistan. I'm really interested to know your story. Um, and the way that I ended up telling my story was um, I talked about where I'm from. So I talked about my family, talked about my past, the sins that I was in. And then I talked about how Jesus came and rescued me from them. And then how I came into being forgiven by him. And what struck me when I came to reading Ephesians is that actually it's salvation from God's point of view. Um, And actually, so often we need to fix our eyes back on Jesus and remember salvation from God's point of view. You see, because when um, Jesus planned salvation... He had it in eternity in his mind. So even before any of us were thought out, any of us were uh, planned and created and formed in our mother's wombs, God knew the plan of salvation that he had. Um, And I just want us to to think about that. And also, as we just approach the verses that I'm going to focus on today, to remember that we stand as people who are really blessed, spiritually blessed. And Steph talked about these blessings last week. we're holy and blameless, we've been adopted as children and shown grace. And we're going to look at even more blessings that we have, as if that wasn't enough. And we are overwhelmed with even more blessings, which we're going to look at today. Um, so let's read today's um, uh, Ephesians section. I'm only focusing on two, which I've highlighted. Um, you can't really, you can see it highlighted. Um, but I'm going to read it all together, because as Steph mentioned last week, it's basically... Paul's outburst of praise in one long sentence. So I thought to do it justice, I do want to read it all together and then we can narrow it down. So we can read it together. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoptions as adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. 
to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has, loved, he has blessed us in the beloved. I'm jumping ahead. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him, who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Amen. Amen. That is amazing stuff. So as we come to the section that I've highlighted today, you can see already that as we've reached to this point that what we see is this, so many images. I don't know about you, but I, I studied English literature and even though you might notice that my grammar isn't great, um, English is my second language, that's the excuse I always use. Um, I love looking at just the images that writing really conjures up and how you can be really gripped by um, by loads of images in, in all sorts of literature. But here, what I love is um, the image that you get when you read this whole section, even when you arrive to the section I'm going to focus on. Some commentators have likened it to a snowball tumbling down a hill um, and it picks up volume while it's descending. And I just think, wow, that is amazing, isn't it? That that's an image. And in the past, when I've read this, I've always always stopped in what looks like the centre, as you see it, of this section, and been so overwhelmed by this lavished grace. Um, and that's what I really want to begin by um, focusing on, is this lavish grace, which I believe is where all the blessings that we get comes from. Um, it's this lavish grace that comes from God. Um, and, you see, when we look at Jesus, what we're reminded of in John, this is one of my favourite verses, is that... In him, in his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Isn't that amazing? I love that because I just see that when we come before Jesus, he is full of grace. So it never runs out. He never makes any decisions towards us. He doesn't say, oh, I feel sorry for that one. Let me, let me save her or him. Um, and do you know what? I'm so tired today. I'm fed up. I'm just going to save that one. He's not like us in the way that he makes his decisions. It's always done out of his character is that he is grace. Our God is grace. And he acts out of grace. And um, also the image that, that I get, and actually I don't know if I've read this anywhere, or if I've heard it in a song, but I've, every time I think of God's grace, and this grace upon grace, is that it is a fountain of fullness overflowing. Um, and it's like, I think it might actually be a psalm or something, Some, I've read it somewhere, but I feel like the Holy Spirit constantly reminds me that when I come into God's presence, it's a fountain of grace overflowing, um, and uh, sorry, fountain of fullness overflowing. And we, as those who have been saved by God, we can come and we can stand before him and know that we have been overwhelmed and rained down on and showered on by this fountain of grace. It's just amazing. 
Um, so I just pray, God, that you would open our eyes to seeing the limitless uh, grace that you've got for each of us today. I just thank you that you don't, um, yeah, you don't want to hold back from us, Lord. You love to shower down on us, to um, overflow that fullness of grace on each of us. So I pray that we would each, wherever we are, experience the overflow of your grace. This lavish grace will come upon us today. Open our eyes to see that. And as you lead us to look into redemption and forgiveness, I just pray, Lord God, that we will be open hearts before you today. That each of us will have our eyes totally fixed on you. That where we tend to come and fix our eyes on ourselves, I just pray, help us lift each of our heads up to heaven. Lift each of our heads up to seeing things from your perspective. Um, Yeah, thank you, Lord. Um, Yeah, I just really believe that God wants us to look up today. Um, He wants us to have eternity in our minds, just like he has eternity in his. Um, and just as he um, yeah, w- wants to remind us of all the blessings that we have today, um, that it won't be that we look at ourselves, we look at our failures, we look at our past, but that we lift up our eyes in a new way and see eternity. We see the heavenly things, just like we did as we started by reading the song that is in heaven, the song that is being sung to Jesus. Um, and so maybe we want to start by saying actually what is grace so um, you might have never been to church before or heard this word grace because I guess we use it quite a lot when we talk about Jesus but we often probably don't use it so much um, in other vocabulary Um, so grace is God's favour towards us when actually what we deserve is punishment So so actually what we're getting is grace we're getting his mercy, his love, his goodness when what we deserve to get is not this favour, but we deserve punishment. And we're going to look at why we deserve punishment in a minute. Um, but, and this grace, the way that God shows us his grace, it's free. So we've done nothing to earn it. Um, it's not that grace is shown to somebody because of what they're like. Um, so you might be sitting here, um, the nicest person in the world. Actually, one of the nicest people that I know who is saved was my husband, Heja. And I remember looking at him, even before he was a Christian, thinking, you're just a really nice person. I understand why I was saved, because I was such a wretch. I, can name, I can't even name all of my things. There were so many of them. Um, but you're such a nice person. And actually, it doesn't matter whether it's me or him or you, whatever your story is, each of us has been given free grace. Not to do with anything that we've done, but wholly, totally, because God is gracious. He is grace. And that's how he functions. He makes all of these decisions, these plans towards us because of his grace. Also, I love this word lavish. Um, so just to remind us that he doesn't want to limit um, his grace towards us. He loves to, to lavish it on us. It's like um, there's just an abounding just so much grace for us that he wants to lavish it on us and that this grace just shows us something of God's character it shows us his kindness his generosity and his compassion towards us and if you're here today um, and you are thinking of God in another way please be reminded that God looks at you today no matter what sin you've come here with no matter what your past is what you might do tomorrow When he looks at you, he wants to extend his grace towards you. He wants to show you his love. He wants to lavish freely on you. Um, Because Jesus is full of grace. I love that. And one of the most 
powerful expressions of his grace is in the event of redemption, which we're going to look at because that's what this is about as well. We're told in him we have redemption through his blood. Um, Just remember it's in him. So redemption is in Jesus. And I love that. And it's not in anything that we've done again. It's in Jesus. Um, So in order to understand redemption, um, we need to go back to the Old Testament because the image of blood isn't something that, that we think of loads. But, well, not even so much more in the West because we, we buy our meat from the supermarket and we don't even know where it's come from. Um, I actually became a vegetarian as a child because I saw so many chickens slaughtered in front of me. But it's the norm um, where I'm from. Um, and so sacrificing, blood being shed is something that we're probably not familiar with. So we need to go back to the Old Testament to look at what the redemption through his blood means and why we're looking at it today in Jesus. Um, so what we have is the Day of Atonement, um, which was a day that was done once a year. And it was a big event because and what would happen for, the, um, for Israel was that there had to be a really elaborate ritual being done. So there was a high priest um, that, would, that would be chosen by God and he would go into uh, the temple and he... Well, before all that, there was a whole lot of rituals that had to take place. Cleansing, um, changing of clothes, washing, and also himself having to sacrifice a bull for his sins and the sins of his family. And then on top of that, he had to take two goats um, to into the temple with him. One of these goats was um, sacrificed, so its blood was shed for the um, uncleanness and uh, all, all the rubbish and wickedness that was done by, the, um, by Israel. And then there was a second one, which was called a scapegoat. And um, all the sins were then um, on this goat's head. So the high priest would declare all the sins of the people, and this is how the atonement came. And imagine all the sins, the, the re- rebellion, the wickedness. Um, I don't know how long that would have taken. He had to basically um, repent of all those sins on behalf of all the people. Um, and then this scapegoat was then... Um, given to somebody who was chosen and they would, they would release this goat into the wilderness um, and that meant that that goat was then gone really far away from um, everybody and all the sins were taken and their, their sins were forgiven for that year for that um, and as you can see sins was a really important thing to God and dealing with sin was a massive thing for God which is why I think that this ritual had to be so elaborate it had to be taken so seriously with so much detail Um, and sin is still a serious thing that God has to deal with today but thank God that that's not the way that he deals with it today because he sent Jesus to become that ultimate sacrifice you see the reason that all of that was done was to lead to Jesus and uh, what I love is that Jesus came once and for all and he dealt with all, with, with all of the sin. When he um, took all of our sins upon himself on the cross, he was nailed to the cross, blood was shed, and that shedding of blood was the ultimate sacrifice that was needed for each of our sins here. So if you're sitting here today um, and you're thinking, I've got sins that I've committed, I've come here heavy um, because I feel that there are sins that I need to bring before Jesus. Well, the first thing is you need to acknowledge that Jesus has died for those sins and that he has shed his blood for those sins. And in the next action that we're going to look at, you're going to see what you can do if you want forgiveness for those sins. Um, but one thing I just felt God reminds me of is 
Also, for those of you that are here who have given your life to Jesus, please remember that just like the scapegoat went really far away, he has removed our sins as far as the east is from the, from the west. I love that psalm. And actually, he was the one that came and did that. So if you're thinking, well, I remember I did that. And actually, oh, sometimes I still feel guilty for that. Well, remember that Jesus has chosen to forgotten it. He has removed it as far as the east is from the west. Um, and that's his promise, that he will remember them no more. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. As we look at redemption, um, again, another word that I wanted to explain, because I had to look up all these words. I'm not good with big words. Um, like I said, I like literature, just not very good with language. Um, sorry, Davina. Davina was my English teacher, and she was amazing. Um, but I still didn't get the language, but I loved literature. Thank you. Um, um, so in the redemption, we see that um, the, the term is actually used for in, in slavery. Um, it's to buy out. So to set a slave free, um, that, that means that they have been redeemed. Um, and this is an amazing term for us because that means that that reminds us that we were once slaves. That to say that we are redeemed means that we were once slaves and now we have been made children of God. Isn't that amazing? Yeah? But it had to be done with a great cost. In order to be delivered, in order to be set free, Jesus had to die on the cross for our sins. Um, And not only did he die for our sins, he also rose from the dead. And that means that we can have life in him. That we can really know freedom. Um, I really felt like God just really spoke to me about freedom for today. Um, As I just imagined just this Ephesians verse, I just see just such a flow of freedom in it. I feel like not only is it God just freely giving, pouring out, just such goodness and generosity, but God is saying... He, want, he, set, uh, he set us free for freedom, yeah. yeah? And it's for us to be free, um, not to go back into, into sin again, um, not to go back into anxiety and, tr- and not trusting him and being afraid. But there is a real sense of us being able to look up again and see that we have been set free and we are to be a free people. And... Um, Also, we're forgiven of our trespasses. So trespasses, basically, it's sins, it's doing wrong. It's going, veering off, either veering off into our own way. So there's a way of righteousness that God has planned for us and we veer off into our own way. Um, or it's taking, doing particular things um, that go against the way that God wants us to to go um, and to live against the way that God wants us to live um, that go against his law the good that he knows he's got for us um, the amazing thing about trespasses is that God again Jesus by his blood he can cover those he can cover our sins um, and he can cover our, our trespasses and if you're here today you need to hear this if you don't know Jesus um, this is a verse that I love if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'd love to pray with you today if you don't know Jesus. Please grab me at the end um, because I feel like God wants you to know that he can totally remove your sins today. He can cleanse you. Um, you can stand forgiven. You can stand as somebody who knows 
righteousness, who um, can walk in the right way that God has planned for you, that you can walk in a way that is full of, uh, yeah, just knowing peace and forgiveness and, and God's amazing, lavishing grace on you. And we go back to this total, complete removal of sins in forgiveness of our trespasses. Um, one thing about forgiveness is that it, what it means is to totally wipe the slate clean. It's to pardon. Um, it's to, be, uh, to, to have your debts cancelled, doesn't it? And that's amazing um, because actually none of us deserve forgiveness. None of us deserve to be forgiven. Um, when somebody wrongs us... Um, they, you probably think in your heart they don't deserve forgiveness because you feel so hurt. At the same time, when we wrong somebody, we go to apologise because we really want to restore that relationship. We want them in their hearts to be able to forgive us. We want to move forward in it. But you see, in order for forgiveness to happen, it requires an act of mercy, an act of love, an act of grace. And that's exactly what God wants to show us. He wants, and he has shown us. For those of you that are here today um, and you believe in Jesus, you can stand so thankful hearts full of gratitude that you can stand as forgiven from your trespasses redeemed because of his blood shed for you we're all in need of forgiveness from God um, we've got to say you see it doesn't matter whether you um, are a Christian or not a Christian um, one thing we need to know is if we claim to be without sin we deceive, deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Um, so if you don't know Jesus today, um, you know, some people might just, there might be pride in hearts thinking, well, I don't see what I've done wrong. And actually guilt is usually a sign of the fact that you know you've done something wrong. So when you've hurt somebody's feelings or you've said something or you've done something that you know wasn't quite right and you feel guilt, there's a real sign there that, that there is sin in your heart and that it needs to be dealt with. Um, see, and, and there's an act of rebellion against God. We want to live life our own way. We all need to stand now while we're on earth as those who have been forgiven by Jesus. Because if we don't do that now, then we'll have an eternity of suffering. That's what the Bible tells us. But the amazing thing is that God is merciful. This is his promise. That he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That's our God. That's how merciful he is. Um, that he wants us, he, he desires to forgive us. That it's in his heart, full of grace, to, to forgive from sins. We're also told that the, um, the penalty for sin is death. Um, so in Romans we're told that the wages of sin is death. So in order for sin to have been dealt with, Someone had to die, and that was God sending his own son to die on our behalf. So, yeah, so thankful for Jesus for doing that. See, forgiveness is available to all of us today. Because the thing is, even when we become Christians, we can sin. Um, We don't become perfect straight away and know how to do nothing wrong. The Holy Spirit enables us. And um, like Steph was sharing, uh, we can know that, that we are holy and blameless before him. We can know that we are his adopted children. We can be shown much grace. Um, but we still have our flesh and can, can sin. And what we need to know when we do sin is that uh, we, are, we, can, we can come before him, that he is amazing, that he will cleanse us. 
he will make us righteous again. That as we repent, as we come before him, that we would be, um, yeah, that we would be made clean and righteous again. Um, actually, one thing that I feel like God is reminding me is um, <coughs> there have been times when I've sinned and I've done something wrong, and. I've hurt somebody's feeling and I've gone to apologise to restore that relationship. Um, and for a really long time after that, I've just felt constant guilt after it. Um, and I've tried to check my heart and brought it before God again. And I've thought, but I'm sure I dealt with that well. I said sorry. It was all okay. I came before God and I said sorry. And I said, I'm going to repent from that. You know, I don't want to do that again. Then why is it that I still feel guilt? And God reminded me that the answer to that is I have to reject the feeling of guilt. Sometimes what can happen is we can have a really heavy feeling of guilt that's put upon our hearts. um, And Satan wants to bring us uh, back into that place. Um, And actually what that can do, if we can't be free from knowing that after we've done something wrong, that God removes the feeling of guilt as well. um, And we stand, like Paul is telling us here, we stand and we say, I I believe that I'm forgiven for my trespasses. And we stand in that truth. But what happens is we can be lured back into that sin because we're functioning not out of freedom, but out of this heaviness constantly that we just make mistakes over and over again I just really felt like some, somebody needed to hear that today that um, when you come before Jesus and you say to him forgive me for my sins and I'm sorry and I turn away from that I want to follow you you need to know today that that is forgiven you can come and stand before him before the throne of grace and know that you have been forgiven from your trespasses and you stand as one who has been forgiven So then the verse continues, and we're told, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. When I first read this, I just thought, wow, isn't that amazing? That God, so wise, and like Steph read the, the verse when he, where we started praise, you know, so wise, so understanding, so knowledgeable and insightful, yet he still chose me. He still chose to show me his grace. How amazing is that? But then I read some commentaries. And um, not that that isn't still the truth, because that is still the truth. Then I read some commentaries. And the way, that, the way that they explain this is that actually it's more likely that when it talks about in all wisdom and insight, what we're looking at is this continuous flow of God's grace. So where we've started off with this flow of grace and blessing uh, and we've got... Um, we've been adopted, we've been made holy, we've been made sons, and we, um, we've got redemption, we've been forgiven, that actually what happens is this continues to flow, that now we have got a blessing and the gift of wisdom and insight. And isn't that, that, that for me is amazing, because it's like, wow, not only have I been given all these other, other things, but God knows exactly what I need in order for me to live my life to follow him. He knows that through his spirit, the lavish grace that he wants to pour upon me, he can give me wisdom and understanding to live my life in a way that really gives him glory, that honours him. And this is backed up by Paul praying for the Colossians. 
And he prays that they'll be filled with all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Um, And this grace is overwhelming, isn't it? In its abundance. I don't know about you, but the more I read about God's grace, the more I think, I need to know more about it. I just love, I need to know more of him. I just love his grace. I love the way that he doesn't hold back. He doesn't just say, here's here's a tiny bit. It really is limitless. Um, And... Let's continue to look up to God. Sometimes we can be so caught up with what's going on in our lives. How God is maturing us. What God is doing in our hearts. Are we really living the right way? Um, Is what we do the same as somebody else's? And, And that's the biggest mistake that we can do. Is that we can look from left to right and worry that actually our growth and our experience of God and grace isn't the same as that person and this person and actually at that moment it's really important that we look up um, God is constantly saying to me you need to look up because I can I'm, I'm, I'm those of you who know me I'm very achievement focused I'm a task driven person so I thrive when I know that there is something that I need to get done and in that time I'm such a happy person because I know I've got a deadline and I can do that thing and um, actually I need to constantly be reminded that that's not a bad thing, but that's not how it works with God's grace. Um, it's nothing to do with, with, with what I do or my achievements. I need to constantly look up and see that his grace is because of him and because he chooses to give to me freely. As we experience more of God's grace as well, the amazing thing is that it transforms the way that we see one another. Um, it transforms the way that we're releasing and encouraging and praising of one another because when we see that everything flows from his grace um, I can look at my friend to the right and say I love that about you that is God's grace and I'm so thankful for it I can look to my friend to the right and say I love that that's different from what God is doing in me because it's the same God's grace on you but he has something different for you and That means that we don't let discouragement come into our hearts. Um, We don't let pride come into our hearts because we think, well, I can do that. Um, How come I've been a Christian for shorter, a shorter amount of time, and I've grown so much, and that person's been a Christian for so long, and they haven't really matured? And actually, what we're doing is we're missing the fact that it's grace upon their lives. Um, And we need to look up and look at what God is doing around and say, That is God's grace, and I'm thankful for God's grace upon your life. And the amazing thing, again, about this reading, Paul's just outburst of praise is that it is so infectious, isn't it? Um, We need to constantly read and be around praise like this, and be around truth like this, um, so that we can also be a people that are constantly thankful, welling up, and gratitude for um, uh, for his grace and that's actually the, the, probably the only right response to his grace is gratitude even though that gratitude won't repay what he has done for us um, it means that we are in the place where we are humble before him and we can say God I'm so overwhelmed by your amazing grace and love lavished upon me and everything else that flows from that is because of his grace um, you know also I'm reminded that Peter does say to us to grow in grace and to grow in the knowledge of God so there is 
something in us, putting the right things into place so that we can grow in grace. It doesn't mean that we just sit there all the time doing nothing. It actually means that as we sit there, he will enable us to do stuff because what we do first is we come from that place of lavish grace. Um, you know, really being disciplined, putting the right things into place to read our Bible, to pray, to meet with people, to bring encouragement. Um, those aren't bad things. Like I said, I'm, I'm task driven, so I love to get stuff done and to do stuff. But I need to know that all of those things function out of a place of my understanding growing and my heart growing in experience of his grace um, and uh, that lavish grace upon me. So, like we started with... Um, a song from Revelation. I wanted to, to, to end with another scripture that points us towards heaven. Paul writes to the Colossians, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So not only have we been saved by grace, not only have we been given faith by grace, not only are we given so many blessings in this life uh, by grace, but actually when we see him in glory, it is all by grace. It's because of his wonderful grace. Um, and there is so much freedom for us today to know this amazing grace of God upon us. If there's a heaviness of sin today on anybody, I'd really like to pray for you. Or um, you could, yeah, I'd really like you to come to me to, to pray. And if you're a guard, I'd draw another guy probably Hazel along um, so that we can pray for you. I just feel like that there are a couple of people here today who have come with a real heaviness and God really wants to lift lift that heaviness. Um, he wants you to know not only forgiveness, but he wants to extend his forgiveness to you today, but that he will remove guilt and shame and he will make you a new person. And if you do want to know Jesus, I'd love to pray with you as well.